This is episode number 131 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Hey there, welcome to High Impact Leaders. I'm your host, Doug Stannard of the Leaders Institute, and our goal is to help you build strong teams while growing a successful business. On this episode, I'm going to show you how to become a more strategic thinker. Now, anyone can follow a pre-established recipe. In fact, that's what makes franchises so popular. Basically, you get a recipe, you kind of do that over and over again, you're successful. However, it takes a an expert strategic thinker to know when that recipe is no longer working and make adjustments. So on this episode, we're going to cover how great strategic thinkers give companies a real competitive advantage in the marketplace. And if you develop these critical skills, you're going to create new opportunities for yourself and also be elevated to higher levels in your organization. By the way, the episode is brought to you by leadersinstitute.com. We've got an in-person leadership development conference called High Impact Leaders. It's going to take place in Arlington, Texas on January 26th and 27th of 2023. So if you want to develop self-confidence, learn how to motivate and inspire your team and become a better coach, then uh, especially somebody that can help your team become more efficient and more productive, then don't miss the two-day high-impact leaders class in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. It's actually near Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. So if you're flying in, very, very convenient, right next to the Lowe's Hotel. Um, so for details, just go to leadersinstitute.com slash leadership course. All right, so let's get on with today's topic. So the topic today is called strategic thinking. You're really how to make strategic thinking a part of your team culture. And I, I remember years ago, I went on a job interview and uh, the, the person interviewing me asked a really strange kind of question at the time. He said, in this company, we like to hire strategic thinkers. So how much time per week do you spend on strategic thinking? Now, I've been on a number of different job interviews by that point in my life. However, this question kind of stunned me. I, I wasn't sure exactly what the interviewer was asking me to divulge. I, I, I wasn't really sure how to answer that question. By the way, I, I guess I did a good enough job because I did get a, an offer for that company. So I must have answered it pretty well, I guess. However, after managing my own company for over 20 years now, I, I, I now better understand what the interviewer was getting at. Strategic thinking skills are are really one of the most sought after skills in the business world. In a recent post on Harvard Business Review, they said because organizations face unprecedented challenges in today's world, fostering the creativity necessary to develop truly breakthrough ideas has become more important than ever. And, and like I said on the intro, anyone can follow a pre-established recipe. It takes an expert strategic thinker, though, to know when that recipe is no longer working. And in, in, in this episode, what we're going to cover is we're going to show you how great strategic thinkers give companies a real competitive advantage. So before I get into the how-tos of becoming a really good strategic thinker, let's first talk about what it is. And how does it help you become a better leader? Because in order to understand the importance of this skill, 
we kind of have to start from the beginning. What exactly is strategic thinking and why are strategic thinking skills so important to business success? So let's start with the definition first. Um, you can call this strategic thinking. Some people call it critical thinking, but it's a process of identifying ways to move a person, a team, or an organization towards a long-term goal or long-term goals. So when you think tr strategically, you have to anticipate setbacks that are going to occur and have a plan to deal with them before they actually happen. You also have to measure your progress toward that that specific goal. A good way to explain this is, is thinking about playing chess. A good strategy will anticipate how your opponent is going to move and then plan your own moves well in advance. So strategic thinking is planning combined with adapting to changes in order to reach the ultimate goal. Now, personally, I believe that the mo the absolute most effective strategic thinkers are those who are also adjusting the long-term goal consistently as well. Because at times, you're going to find that your goal just isn't big enough. And in those cases, you want to increase the goal. In other situations, the marketplace may change or we may uncover a com some kind of competitive intelligence where we change the goal altogether. And so going back to the chess example, in, in some cases, a good leader may realize, whoa, 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 we, we actually aren't playing chess at all. <laughs> this is a brand new game. So how does this type of thinking really help you become a better leader with your team? Uh, I, I'll give you a really good example. My team went through this with the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. At the very start of the of the spread, our strategy was to just reschedule meetings that were postponed due, due to the meeting restrictions. You know, if you guys remember way, way, way back then, at first they were saying, hey, you can have uh, no more than 100 people meeting in a, in a meeting room. And then they went to 50 and then they went to 20 and then they went to two. <laughs> so basically in the beginning in those first couple of weeks, we were adapting to the situation that was occurring and eventually got to the point where every adaptation that we met fell short. So we, we had to straight think very strategically to figure out ways to improve you know, the, the situation that we we're in. So eventually we realized that our customers were being forced to transform their in-person meetings to virtual. And many of those customers had little or no experience organizing big virtual meetings. So since we had that expertise, we were able to quickly adapt to the, the new needs of, of this market, this market that didn't even exist three months before the pandemic hit. So good leaders are able to do this type of thing. Poor leaders, by the way, tend to be more reactionary. When challenges develop, the poor leader is always playing catch up. So this type of leader is like, it's like playing baseball and just watching the ball go by. You know, you're at the plate, ready to bat, but the but the ball just goes by over and over and over. over. The more times that you do this, the more strikes that you're going to get against you. Eventually, you have to swing at a desperation. So better strategy is to study the pitcher. <laughs> if he throws his fastball high in the strike zone 80% of the time on the first pitch, I can anticipate that. I'm studying and I'm anticipating what's going to happen. And as a result, I can now capitalize on it. If he doesn't, I make an adjustment on the second pitch. So just like the batter, a good strategic thinker is constantly adapting to what's going on around him or her. Um, so let's kind of talk about how to how to think strategically so that others kind of see you as a great leader. So basically, I'm going to cover just a few tips, a few things that you can do 
to become more of one of these strategic thinkers. And the first thing that you want to do is you want to anticipate challenges that may develop before those challenges actually appear. So basically be proactive versus reactive. Don't wait for challenges, anticipate possible challenges, and then identify ways to deal with them before these things actually occur. By the way, this is the absolute easiest way to determine if a potential leader is a strategic thinker or a reactive thinker. You can tell by the way that they respond to strategic analysis. Reactive thinkers see this analysis as criticism. You know, for example, let's say we're rolling out new software for a sales teams to submit their sales reports. A strategic leader would ask, Hey, are my more sales, are my more seasoned sales reps going to resist this new process? I'm gonna, they're gonna anticipate that resistance right away. If so, how do I get them to be more enthused about the new change? The software creator may react by saying, Hey, this process is much easier than the current process, and we're requiring them to use it. That that reaction is dismissive of the concern, though. It's as though the creator is taking the criticism, the concern personally as criticism. It's like, how can you not like my new software? Well, it's not that they don't like the new software. It's that they're kind of the team is more resistant to change. So instead of taking that personally, we want to say, how can we help the team better use this this new software? So a strategic response would sound like, all right, we anticipate that the older sales reps are going to be more likely to resist the change. The good news is that there are only three that we anticipate will react this way. They're our three most senior sales reps, right? So my team has already scheduled one-on-one training sessions with them before they roll it out. And then if we feel like they're enthused about the change, then the rest of the sales team will actually be on board as well. So focus on the three people that are going to give you resistance And then you don't see it as criticism. In fact, it's a positive step forward. You get them on your side. And now when the rollout occurs, everybody's involved and everybody's seeing the the benefits of it. So the second thing that you can do to become a more uh, strategic thinker is to brainstorm multiple options or multiple solutions to challenges. And that's going to help you create an automatic backup plan or multiple backup plans. So if you only have a plan A... (laughs) You really have no way to strategically adjust to an unanticipated challenge. So it's better to have multiple good ideas on the table. In fact, it's critical to have multiple new ideas for every challenge that comes up because every outdated idea today was once a unique business strategy that kind of set the world on fire. So senior leaders, they'll often hire teams of of individuals or individual contributors to help with the strategic problem-solving process. The reason why they do that is because different people with different backgrounds are each going to bring a different perspective to the to the process to the table. They also ha- each have a have different problem solving skills. So spend the early part of the strategic planning process identifying multiple possible solutions to every challenge that comes up. Don't just stop with the first good idea. It sounds good, but oh man, this could be our breakthrough, right? Instead, come up with with many, many, many great ideas. This process takes a lot of discipline, by the way. However, there are two really big advantages to doing this. First, 
if you only have two possible solutions or one possible solution, then there's a high likelihood that that solution or either of those solutions is not going to work perfectly. However, if you have 10 possible solutions, then the team can kind of eliminate solutions that are less viable. And then the second real advantage to doing this is that if you try a solution and it doesn't work, you've got a, you've got multiple backup plans at your disposal. A good example of this is the company Textron. In World War II, the company made a fortune selling parachutes to the U.S. military. And then two decades later, when the Vietnam War hit, parachutes were not really a good solution, not really a good option. Nobody wants to go parachute into the jungle. So the the challenge now of getting troops behind enemy lines was much more difficult. So uh, they acquired a company called Bell Helicopter. And as a result, they made another small fortune selling helicopters to the U.S. military. So the thing to keep in mind here is that the thing that made us successful in the past, that great idea that we had at some time in the past, may not be what drives us into the future. And so strategic thinkers can help you come up with additional solutions to get you to that next milestone and keep growing in in the future. And that leads us to the third step, which is to create milestones or goals to move toward set small goals that are mile markers. So if you if you're using strategic thinking, how do you know if you need to make an adjustment? Well, the easy answer is to make sure that you're measuring your progress. A good leader sets personal and then also team milestones that move the group toward the strategic goal. For instance, it, it's really really difficult to run a marathon. It's a little easier to run 1 mile per day though. <laughs> then Once that becomes a habit, it's fairly easy to run one and a half miles per day and then two miles. So as long as you're progressing toward that overall goal, you're moving in the right direction. If, however, you set a goal to run a marathon and just start running, the moment you get tired, you're likely to quit. I'll give you a good personal example. When when I first left my secure salary job to become a commissioned salesperson years and years and years ago, it was pretty scary. I struggled for the first year or so. Uh, That is until I figured out the value of this strategic thinking process. My my first attempt was was very simple. I I just printed, how can I make $1,000 in commission this week onto a single piece of paper? And and then I posted copies of that printout at my desk. I put it on my my car audio console. I put it on my bathroom mirror. I saw the words dozens of times every day. I was constantly being reminded of my goal. So within a couple of months, though, I was consistently bringing in over that mu- that amount every single week. So then I just increased the number <laughs> to 3,000. Now, it took a little longer, but eventually I was consistently hitting that milestone as well. Uh, next, I put $10,000. I'm going to make $10,000 this week. And basically every time that I reached a new goal, I just increased the goal and it worked like a charm. So the key to to this whole process is you have to measure that progress to determine if you're moving forwards or backwards. So obviously, if you've got good milestones, it's easier to measure results. If you don't have milestones, though, it's hard to know what to measure. For instance, uh, years ago, I had about a dozen trainers on my staff and 
with the types of training that we do are uh, we get lots of positive feedback after our programs it's it's off the charts i mean a lot we almost always get a five star review when folks go through one of our programs or have one of our instructors come out so one of my instructors though at the time was getting five star reviews every on every exit survey they were off the charts just like everybody else's were but he had a few oddities for instance one of his students contacted me wanting a partial refund because the class ended about an hour early, which was odd, by the way. Um, no one had ever requested a refund at all at that point. So it was it was just out of the ordinary. And I chalked it up to, okay, somebody, we're not going to please everybody all the time, right? So I had one of my newer instructors go and train with him, though. And the new instructor let me know that he was actually coaching his students to give him positive exit surveys. He would say things like, hey, so just so you know, the boss gets a copy of all these exit surveys. And it turned out he wasn't really a great instructor, but his students really liked him. So they gave him the five stars. They wanted, they didn't want him to get in trouble, right? So I will realize that we were actually measuring the wrong thing. We were measuring satisfaction when we should have been measuring the, the results that the students received from the training. So once we realized this, we were able to improve the quality of our training sessions and our instructors, by the way, exponentially, huge, huge results by just changing what we measured. Um, the next thing that you want to keep in mind is that you want to identify ways to constantly improve personnel and processes. Strategic planners focus on continuous improvement. So the final step in the strategic thinking process is to create a system of continuous improvement. We often think that continuous improvement as, as being a process. However, if we want our team to be better than our than our competition, than our competitors, then our team has to continuously be improving as well. James Clear wrote a fantastic book about this subject called Atomic Habits. And the way that he explained it is that, that a big change is really, really hard to create. However, a tiny microscopic or atomic change is much, much, much easier. So as you make small changes, you create new habits. These new habits move you toward bigger change. <laughs> so for instance, if you want to double your revenue for, for your organization, that's pretty hard. Unless you have a huge success right away, you're going to quickly get discouraged. So instead, if you try to improve by 1% this week, then it's much easier to do that. It's much easier to get a 1% increase this week over last week. Then if you if you improve the next week by another 1% and the next week by another 1% and then the next week by another 1%, then your success will begin to improve exponentially. For instance, let's say that you make $100 per week in income and you want to increase that income by just 1% per week. Well, in in week number one, your annual income is just fit five thousand two hundred bucks. That's one hundred dollars times fifty two weeks, so fifty two hundred dollars. However, in um, in week number fifty two, exactly one year later, you'll make two hundred dollars that week, and you'll have doubled your weekly income. Basically, the interesting thing though is that. 26 weeks later, you'll double your income again. So it took 52 weeks to double it the first time, 26 weeks to double the second time, second time. And then 16 weeks later, you're going to double it again. <laughs> and at the end of the second year, you double your income over uh, a, a fourth time. 
So you would go from making $5,200 per year to about $177,000 per year. That's making just a minor 1% improvement every week for two years. So focus on making atomic changes to your personal habits and your processes and, and then continually improve both of them at the same time. You're going to get fantastic results. So before I end the session today, though, I want to kind of go back to that first example that I gave right at the beginning of the of the podcast. I talked about the the interviewer that asked me, you know, how I think strategically. What happens if that happens to you? Let's say you're listening to the podcast and you you go for a job interview at some time in the future, and they say, "Tell me how you are a strategic thinker." Well, here's a good way to respond. Think about a situation in your past where you were working on a project or putting together a plan, and then identify a few of the contingencies that you had to create prior to the implementation. So prior to this thing being fulfilled, what were some of those contingencies that occurred and how did you deal with them? And then identify some of the challenges that popped up and how the contingencies that you that you created for that process were used to overcome those challenges. And once you have details like that, just tell the story of what happened in that situation to your interviewer, the example will prove that you're a strategic thinker. So thanks a lot for being a part of High Impact Leaders. I'll see you next week.